You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That with me, Josh Hallam. And me, Alice Oliver. This is the podcast where we talk about films that we think are underrated, underappreciated, or we just wanted to talk about them. We're also going to get stuck into some classic films that one of us maybe hasn't seen and maybe throw in some great guests along the way. So, Alice, random question, uh, as ever. What is a food that you like that's a pain to eat? Mm, good question, Josh. Any any excuse to talk about food. I would have to go with the pomegranate. Have, have you eaten a pomegranate as a pomegranate fruit? Uh, n- Do you know what? Actually, I don't know if I have. Never, I think I've just eaten them out of a packet like a... True first worlder. Yeah, yeah. Well, you get the packets, don't you? And it's already all the fruits been lovely peeled and sliced. Yeah. But a true, a, a, a sort of a real original, an original pomegranate. Yeah. So you tear it open, and you've got obviously the gorgeous, bright red, delicious, juicy seeds. But keeping all those seeds safe and very close together is this yellow rind. So my dad, I remember once, gave us like these teeny tiny forks. I don't know where he got these teeny tiny forks, probably in like 1993 or whatever, um, to eat the seeds with. So you just kind of pick them out and eat them one by one, which is just painstaking. But pomegranate's delicious. What about you? There's a few, isn't there? So like one that comes to mind, haven't you said pomegranate? And this like is, um, it probably sounds like a bit of a daft one, but like just peas. Peas, yeah. Like you have you pe- peas or something there. like with, <laughs> with chips or, you know, whatever you're having. And I, I was like well into my twenties before I realised you were supposed to do it sideways. What do you mean? So you, it's not great like, for an audio. So like, I was forking the peas like a scoop. Right. Okay. So like spines it, first. Yeah. So yeah, spin, right yeah, into for, the, yeah. Spindles first. When I did it, I just realised that you put your fork on the plate. Yeah. And in a sideways motion. Sideways scoop. Um, you put the. <laughs> Put the peas on the fork. Has that changed your life? So, yeah, well, it certainly made eating peas better, but still every time I always drop some. Yeah, on the floor, on same your lap, end up everywhere. See also sweet corn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, same thing. Another food as well, and this is going to upset some people, but um, cottage slash shepherd's pie. Okay. Not only is it a bit of a nightmare to eat, because it's mashed potato, not a pie, right? Uh, no, I would agree. It's yeah. not a pie. It's mashed potato <laughs> on stuff. Like, yeah. That's not a pie. It's you can piss off yeah. if you think that's a pie. 
Um, it's also one of the most overrated foods. I Interesting. Just, I'm just not a lover of like never. It's, it's the food for me that like I think everyone has that food from when they're growing up. That is the food that you your parents gave you because they wanted to make something easy and big for all, mm. like, if you had other people over. Yeah, although and you then could you eat also, tomorrow and the next yeah, day. Yeah, then you yeah. had to eat it the next day. And, then, and and for me, shepherd's pie and cottage pie, I've, just never, I've never enjoyed it. Oh. I don't mind mashed potato, mm -hmm. but it has to be, like, with, like, sausage mash or... Yeah, or of its own like accord. That. Loads not of gravy, but not... Masquerading as a pie. Yeah, so... This isn't pastry. Yeah, but, yeah, so, yeah. Number one, peas are hard to eat. Number two, shepherd's pie can fuck off. There you go. It's official. <laughs> shepherd's pie can fuck off. So, Stuart, life backwards, Josh. What is the film about? So, first and foremost, this film, I will say from the off, is, is a TV film. So it isn't, it hasn't got a cinematic relief. It hasn't got, had a cinematic release, um, if that's a problem. It's my podcast. Don't listen to it. Not bothered. But no, <laughs> well, it's no. just films and that. Yeah, it's not TV films and that. It is an hour and a half. It's feature length, so I picked it. The film is about. It's based on a book by a writer called Alexander Masters, and it's about he meets a homeless man and he starts writing his biography, but he writes it backwards. So it starts with spoilers, although this is the premise: his death. It goes through his life. He has multiple issues. He's got addiction issues. He's got health health issues in that he has... Uh, I'm going to attempt to say this, and I won't lie, this is about the fourth time I've tried this. Muscular dystrophy. Perfect. Brilliant. Um, and he's, as I said, he's an, adult, he's an addict. He has issues with kind of violence. He's in and out of prison. Um, he has issues with, with family. And it goes into his life and how he ended up homeless, how he ended up the man he is. It's got Tom Hardy in it playing Stuart and Benedict Cumberbatch in it as Alexander, the writer, who's obviously telling it from his point of view. Um, and that's what it's about. I picked it because I think it's... We'll come on to whether it's underrated or not, but I think it's underseen because not a lot of people have seen it because, as I said, it wasn't a cinematic release. And I came across this film because um, at the time, I might have said this on the podcast before, I something I do, obviously because I love films, is I kind of, if I see an actor I like, I then will seek out for things they've been in. Mm -hmm. How do you think I found the replacements? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so so in, in this case, I'd seen... Um, Baronson mm -hmm. with ah, Tom yes, Hardy in it, good. possibly Warrior as well, which mm -hmm. we've obviously already good. done. And I just started. I was at university at the time. I just started watching the first series of Sherlock. Also brilliant. Yeah. Yep. So I, I didn't look. I didn't Google films with Tom Hardy and Benedict Cumberbatch. But I found this and saw they were both in it. Mm -hmm. And again, as I said in last week's episode, this is not a film that's easy to get hold of. Mm -hmm. um, at the time. Everything was DVDs because we're talking 10 years ago now because I'm old now. But So I bought the DVD, watched it, and I just fell in love with the film. I thought it was brilliant. I thought the performances were brilliant. I also think it treats its subject matter in a really interesting way, which, again, we'll come on to. Um, so that's why I picked it, because I think it's underseen as it is a TV movie. Um, let's, I suppose let's dive into what we thought of the film. So, Alice, I know another reason I actually picked this is I know you had seen this before and I mm -hmm. know you had 
did you say you'd written something about this at university or something? Yes. And I was quite interested actually to just know what you thought. Because you might turn around to me and go, I wrote something about how awful it was at university because we never talk about why we've picked the films mm-hmm. till we actually record. Um, so what did you think of the film? So unfortunately to disappoint you, I can't remember exactly the topic for why we were writing about it. It was one of two things. It was either a demonstration of British film and like quintessential, quintessential British films or it was to do with, and I can't remember the technical term for it, but it's basically when something kind of becomes a circus and it was all about sort of how Stuart's character is, he's right. like this performer for everyone and kind of ha- how... Like a voyeuristic it type. Was, uh, it was one yeah. of those two things and I can't quite remember. Um, but I did, I absolutely loved this film the first time I saw it and it had a real, real impact. Even from the opening seconds of the mm. film, you get so much. Benedict Cumberbatch, who plays Alexander, he's driving and he's got this cassette in his hand, which is obviously, that's all quite tender and sort of retro and stuff. And it's like, oh, this little tape and it says for Alexander on it. And it's just like, it's sort of very subtle, but very sweet kind of world building. And then you start to hear what's on the tape. And obviously Tom Hardy's voice comes through as Stuart and is a very distinct sound. It sounds like someone who's in trouble, sounds like someone who isn't having a nice time. And then Benedict Cumberbatch starts crying. Um, and it was just such a... And you find out in those first few seconds as well that he is dead very, very early on. Um, and I just thought, what a what a way to open a film. You just wax you in the stomach immediately. It's Yeah, it, it really... Literally, like you say, it's seconds. He puts the tape on, he is doing a voiceover, and he basically says, you know, whilst driving, he's talking to the tape as him, but the voiceover also says something along the lines of, Stuart had an amazing story. Mm -hmm. I just wish he could have lived to have seen it, or Mm -hmm. something along... It's about him releasing his book, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, well, I'm glad we're in agreement in terms of enjoying the film. Then, Mm -hmm. So there's two main things for me that I want to talk about with this film that I really love. Well, in terms of what I like, there is something actually, an issue that I want to discuss later on, but there's two things. First thing I want to talk about is the performances, because I think that is something that everyone... This is one of these films I I always um, recommend to people. So if they say they like Tom Hardy or Benedict Cumberbatch, I always say, well, watch this, because it was kind of made before they were both these huge... Venom and Doctor Strange. Yeah, Venom and Doctor Strange, like these huge, these huge stars. And it's just a little film about, you know, real issues, so watch it. But look, they've both got very different jobs to do. Mm-hmm. They're both playing real people, but they're both playing very different real people. So Benedict Cumberbatch plays this kind of upper middle class, quite toffee not well not he's not mega mega rich but he's not short of he clearly comes from a fairly wealthy background he's okay yeah he's all right he's living in cambridge i think he says he went to cambridge Mm -hmm. or oxford he went he went to a good university and he has to inject life into this this character and he he has a much more subtle job to do than tom hardy he has Mm -hmm. to portray someone who is is real but there's no real he's just a Man, he's just a more, you know, a proper bog standard man, mm-hmm. a writer. There's nothing, it's not, there's nothing special about him. But what I mean is, Tom Hardy has a, a different job to do in terms of his, his, um, his physicality. So I, I think he shows real depths in, for example, in the opening 
scenes and closing scenes. So for me, I love both these actors. I pretty much watch everything they're in. I mean, I've even watched This Means War. That's how much I like Tom Hardy. Don't worry about it. It's a really bad film he did with Reese Witherspoon and Chris Pine. They're the two... Oh, that yeah, sounds really oh, familiar. It's bad. bad. Rom-com yeah, sort of rom-com. style. Yeah, rom-com. Oh, yeah, I remember. So, anyway, back to Benedict Cumberbatch. He... It opens with him kind of crying in his car and it kind of finishes with him in the same position. Yes. It opens and closes, it kind of bookends the film. Mm-hmm. But for me, but, but no one does male crying like Benedict Cumberbatch. He does real tears. Like you get some actors who don't, they're clearly using, you know, Vicks or something, but they're not. Whereas Benedict Cumberbatch, he's just ugly crying. Mm. Tear, the eyes fill with tears. The student, mm-hmm. I mean, have you, have you seen Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy? I haven't, you know. So there's a bit in that. I was, I'm contemplating picking it in a future episode. Oh, yeah, go on. But there's a scene in that where, again, and I won't spoil it because we're not talking about that film, but he cries over something and he properly cries. Like his face screws up, he collapses in a heap and he cries like anyone cries, you know. He's playing a real person and he cries like a real person. You know, he he brings that character to life, but I suppose we we should say the real standout is Tom Hardy because he he just gives this performance where he just, he, he, he breathes life into this kind of tragic character. So he has a lot to do. So the first thing he has to do is physically portray him correctly. He has, he's someone who has a muscle-wasting disease, who has problems. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but he does have problems walking. It affects his speech. His performance combined with the script gives a real heart to that character. It's not an easy character to play because he is very, very tragic on one hand, but on the other hand, he's also not, perfect and he has done things wrong so physically he's, a, he's brilliant but he's also in the dramatic scenes he's very intense mm-hmm. but he's also incredibly likable mm-hmm. for me he just gets it right down to a t yeah i would agree totally what do you think of the performances i mean because it really they're the only two actors in it with any substantial role. It, it is very much just the two of them. Like at times it is kind of like in a, in a really sort of dark way, but it is like a bro, bromance movie. I think I, I sort of thought that when I was watching it, it's like the original bromance or like the alternative bromance where mm. you've got these two men who obviously under ordinary circumstances, in air quotes, probably would never meet and never ha- have a conversation and never share a drink or share food. Um, but here they are both together at opposite ends of the spectrum. And it, it is just brilliant. It just works so well. And it, it seems Benedict Cumberbatch, I feel, is effortless with it. Uh, like you say, it's, the task isn't huge. It's like mostly play this normal guy. But he does have a big character arc in that when he starts, he sort of says things like about, like they look at Stuart and he's like, oh, they all look the same to me and stuff. Like he's quite... He doesn't speak highly of homeless people in general. Um, but then obviously once you get to the end of the film, you get his character development and you get this full 180 that he does where he sort of realises, oh my God, they are actually humans mm. just like I am and you should treat them as such. Um, Tom Hardy, yeah, very difficult. Like you say, physically, he had to change the way he looked. He had to change the way he held his face. He had to change the way he walked. He had to change the way he spoke. There's so much going on with him physically. And then on top of that, to add in the fact he's got to remember this script, it's very, very impressive. So yeah, the performances are great. And this, the second thing I like is a co- combination of... 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The format, the production, the script, and the way it deals with its subject matter. So you start knowing he's dead, but it draws you into his life story. I mean, it's deals with some really, really heavy stuff. Um, I know we do spoils, but there's some particularly dark elements to this story, which I would highly implore implore you to watch the film. But let's just say it deals with elements of child abuse and systematic... And extreme self-harm. Extreme self-harm and child abuse. Throughout the film, it uses a few devices to tell the story. So one of the things it does is has little animations... And it shows you stuff like some of the scenes that would be more graphic, some of the more graphic self-harm scenes. And it does it through a kind of these little cartoons by applying this kind of childlike device makes you take the information in without it being almost too heavy. Yeah, absolutely. There were so many sort of different elements going on that do tell the story. But with the cartoons, yeah, like you say, it's this childlike 
element and it makes it seem innocent and you get um tom hardy you hear his voice still like even though when mm. the animation's cut just a little thing it'll just be like ow or like leave me alone or yeah. something um but that really packs a punch as well because it you feel like yeah you're looking at a adult man but he is still just a child inside which obviously makes sense because of the abuse he suffered you know that they tend to think that you don't really get over it and you don't get to grow up in a normal way when something as horrific as that happens to you so yeah really like the animation lots of voiceover lots of flashback loads of um sort of interviews that they had with the mother and the sister so many different ways of putting the story together and it just works so brilliantly and it comes together so well and tells the story in a way like you say dealing with these horrific issues mm. but it's like you you need to know it's like you need to watch it it's like i have to see what happens next because of the way that they've painted the world that's it so it's 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 emotive it's realistic but it still keeps it a little bit light-hearted so it does give you this story that's kind of heartwarming in places despite its tragic ending it gives you a real almost realistic depiction of of a homeless person you know it, it's not if you've ever worked with homeless people which i have done in another in a, in a past life in another job they are you know rough around the edges because they spend all their time fending for themselves and at any moment could be hurt or killed or anything but also I think people can be quite, what I like about the film is people can be quite dismissive of homeless people. There is a, there's, a, there's quite, people who are quite black and white, you know, but it's not black and white. Every single one of them has a different story. Really horrendous things like this story. And I like that it presents that to you in a, it's not, it'd be very easy to prevent this, to, to present this story to its audience in a really freaking like twee way, you know, in a kind of like a, I know it's a different type of thing, but like in a pretty woman type of way, or in mm-hmm. a, if you've ever seen anything like where it does, it's a rags to riches homeless story. They're always like, you know, they're a bit dirty and their clothes are a bit scruffy, but they've still got a full set of teeth and they're mm-hmm. still, you know, they're still actually just a handsome man or a, a beautiful woman under there. Yeah, and yeah that's just one just, shower away yeah, from Hollywood. Yeah, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's a shower, a shave, oh, a, new, a new dress. Oh, you're fine. And that's yeah, yeah. just not the case. Whereas this, they look like real homeless people. Yep, yep, definitely. Um, and that's what I like about it. It's not a 12A depiction. <laughs> I think, I don't know if it's an 18 or a 15, but it's certainly not, it's not done to keep it all family friendly, I suppose. I, I feel like it's I, it's not done to please anyone either. Like I, I think you really get that when you're watching the film. It's like that, this person just wanted to make this film. Mm. And it wasn't like, oh, no, but what about the audience? What about the money? What about the producers? All this, blah, blah, blah. And it just felt like that was all just left. And it was like, Mm. we need to tell this story. This is how we're going to do it. Do you remember the lawnmower sequence? If I say that to you, do you remember how that looked and how that felt? Yeah, Alexander takes Stuart to some friends in Norfolk and he mows their lawn on a ride on lawnmower. Just a really wonderful scene. I really enjoyed it. It was really nicely put together, kind of showing the sort of simple pleasures Mm. of kind of normality, I suppose. And like he's talking to, you know, Stuart's talking to other people and there's kind of like this sort of friendship dynamic going on with everyone. A little bit later on, it it shifts again because Alexander's character is really pushing Stuart to Mm. reveal some information about himself. He keeps pushing him and that really... I was like, what are you doing? Like, you can't, 
like you know what you're playing with here. Like we we as the audience know that like, whoa, he's prodding the bear, you know? Yeah, it's that thing, isn't it, of um things that some people take for granted, Stuart really likes. So just most people don't really want to mow the lawn. No. <laughs> like and, and he takes pleasure in it because he's possibly never had a lawn. But there's other you know, there's other stuff that you, you don't think of like when he talks about not not knowing where the next meal's gonna come from and, mm. and that kind of thing. Um so yeah, I I, I also the another scene I really like is when they're singing Baby Bird in the car. You're mm. gorgeous. Uh, yeah. the song. I mean, you know, I'm not just saying it. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> but they're singing they're singing that yeah, song yeah. and they're just and it's just Road little, trip vibes. Yeah, little yeah. elements of a normal life that he mm. hasn't hasn't really had that um that really I think humanize him in such a way. This is a guy who's been through some stuff, but he is still a guy. I suppose moving on to things that we maybe didn't like about the film. Now, there isn't, for me, there isn't anything I dislike about the film. But there is a point I would be interesting to ask you. But before I ask you, is there anything you that stood out that you didn't like? So not in a traditional sense of the word, I don't think. Like, I couldn't say, oh, yeah, the soundtrack was naff, or I hated this about it, I hated that about it. Uh, sometimes it was uncomfortable that Stuart is, he is a spectacle, uh, and he's viewed upon like that. And it's, it is, it does feel sometimes a bit circus-like. And obviously Alexander's motivation at the beginning isn't pure. You know, he's like, I want to write a book about you because I want to make tons of money. I mean, it's good that he he's upfront with him about that. And I think in being upfront, it makes, it makes Stuart more comfortable and he then reveals more about his life because it's like, well, what about this in the book? What about that in the book? But at sometimes I, I did just feel like you're giving people all the all this information about what it is to be homeless and how bad it is, but what is actually going to happen next? Are people mm. then going to go and start donating? Are we going to, you know, go to government and say this is unacceptable? I don't think so. And it's not a film's job to do that. It's there for, you know entertainment, I say in air quotes, because I don't know if you'd call this entertaining in the traditional sense. But it was just that. Just at times I felt like it's, what, what are we what are we doing for homeless people with this film? Yeah, is there a positive outcome for them or mm. is it just a story? That's kind of my, that's kind of what I wanted to ask you. Mm. So what I wanted to ask you was, does Alexander exploit Stuart? And is there an, an example of, and this isn't really a, a word, but you you will know what I mean. Is there an, an, an is there an element of class saviorism to the story? You know, the posh guy comes in. He's got a bit of money. He follows this this poor homeless man around, making notes, hoping to exploit him to sell a book. And this is particularly prevalent in the scene we were talking about, where he, he takes Stuart to Norfolk. And all the way through the film, Stuart has kind of said he won't talk about the first time he was put in prison. Until Thursday. Yeah, adult prison. Obviously, Mm. he's been in... Juvenile juvenile, detention. Juvenile detention centres and stuff. So he... um, And the reason he won't talk about it until Thursday is because, like he says in the film, he gets his benefits on a Thursday, which means that if he tells the story, he can buy enough heroin to calm him down. Mm. But like you say, he literally puts Stuart almost on stage in front of Mm -hmm. these friends that he doesn't know and goes, come on, Stuart, tell us, tell us. And it's not like, tell us about the story you fell in the pool when you're really drunk or, you know, tell us about that disaster of a date you went on that time. It's literally... 
you know, tell, tell us about your tragic life. Yeah, tell and us the thing it, that is so traumatic to you it, that you have to then and go shoot up heroin immediately exactly, after talking about exactly. it. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah. you know, is there an element of that? A little bit. Um, like I said, Alexander is up front quite near the beginning. Like he says, I want to write a book and I want to make loads of money. Uh, but I think I think enough happens with Alexander that by the end, he's he's done his 180. We see the character development. We see him grow as a person. Whether or not his motivations were good, I don't know. But I think where he ends up, it, it's satisfying, I suppose, is the word. Yeah, it's that, it's that almost cinematic trope of the start for one reason, but at the end it ends for a genuine reason, I suppose. But he doesn't almost try and help him. So, for example, one thing I'd never noticed, and I knew this happened in the film, but he brings him a bottle of gin in the hospital and pours it into a water glass yeah. jug. Clear, let, clear fluids clear, only. Clear yeah. fluids only. But it, it, <laughs> is that he's enabling an alcoholic? Now, is it the, is it is he kind of saying, well, I'm merely a spectator to this story, and if he needs to continue drinking because he's an alcoholic, so otherwise he will withdraw, which is a sad fact of addiction, then that's what he's doing. But is that his place to take, take him a, a, a bottle of gin? I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I'd never, I, I suppose, I'd never noticed how much he exploits Stuart. Mm-hmm. I'd always seen it as quite a heartwarming story with some yeah. tragic things. But actually, there is an element of this kind of quite well, quite, quite well off guy almost pointing and laughing, making a spectacle, like you say, out of a homeless man who's had. I mean, his life is so bad, you kind of sit there and think, how can all of this happen to one guy? Mm-hmm. Like, what happens to him could happen to four guys and it'd still be too much. Mm-hmm. It su- is, there are elements of that, though. There's an completely. element of that, but I suppose it does kind of still shed a light on them, important, on an important issue. But you have to ask yourself, if Stuart hadn't died, how far would it have gone? Yeah, yeah. And would, at no point did there seem to be any desire to help so like you say, he was bringing the bottles of gin, bringing cans of lager, taking him places, but it was never to, like he didn't take him to therapy. He didn't try and no. take him to AA. He didn't sort of see about getting him some proper accommodation, didn't tell him about, you know, how how to save money or, you know, how to kind of enhance your life. But then I suppose he was also kind of the poster boy for their campaign and the the whole reason that, Alexander was sort of there in the first place, but d- certainly exploitative. But then it, you get to a point as well, um, and I've heard sort of homeless people, ex-homeless people talk about this, where, you know, some people are afraid, oh, I don't want to give them alcohol or I don't want to give them money because they'll just sell it or, or just spend it on alcohol and drugs. And like these ex-homeless people were going like, listen, we're going to do that anyway. Either you give us the money and we do it or we rob someone and then we do it. Yeah. Um, which obviously isn't a great scenario at all. But if Stuart's kind of uh, on the path of giving up, well, what's one more beer going to hurt? If anything, it might keep him on the level, which obviously it does when you're that much of an alcoholic. Yes. Okay, so we'll move on to the critical reception um, of the film. I won't lie, it's not as covered as other films we've done because it it is a TV release. Um, You haven't seen the critical reception. Mm-hmm. So what do you think it gets roughly out of 10? 
I do think it would be difficult for most people to watch it and not be engaged and to not appreciate how good the performance is and the script, like you say, and just how it's not it's not trying to be anything that it definitely isn't. It's just this very British, grey sort of tone. All, you know, all the colours are muted. It's just got such a look to it. I think I would... So if I was going to rate it, based on, I suppose, how I felt coming away from it and the impact it had on me, I would say maybe 8.5-ish, sort of mid-eight range. Uh, but other people, maybe but it might be too much for someone. It might be mm. one of those people watch, oh, this is grim. People watch films for escapism, obviously, like we goes without saying. So... I, don't, I would say 7.9 if I was going to put a number on <laughs> Could it. Could you be more specific? 7.961. <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you. So, as I said, it's not that well covered. So on Rotten Tomatoes, it doesn't actually have any reviews. Interesting. It doesn't, it doesn't have a tomato meter, so We should put some reviews on there. However, 85% it gets from the audiences, which is pretty close to what you were saying. Yeah. And on IMDb, it gets 7.8. Ah. Um, from, from a lot more votes. So I, the tomato, Rotten Tomatoes one is only based on just under 800 votes at the time of, of me getting it. Mm -hmm. And on IMDb, it's 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 more closer to 10,000. Mm -hmm. So if we say 7.8, that's much closer than what than what... That's as close as what you said, than 85%. Would you say that's fair? I think so. I think so. Do you feel that way? I feel it's... Yeah, so I feel the rating is probably quite fair. Mm -hmm. However, that's not why I picked it. Mm -hmm. I picked it because it's underseen, so I'm going to say it's still underseen. I think it's an important issue that it deals with, and I think it deals with it in a way that's not too heavy. And I think it's one of these films that a lot of people should seek out and watch. Also, it's always fascinating to see these massive actors back where they started, like yeah. with their baby faces, like nobody knows their names, and getting to see Hardy and Cumberbatch like that is that's enjoyable in itself. Absolutely. So uh, there we go, another one for Underseen, Stuart and Life Backwards. Though, do do check it out though because it is a it is a really great film that tackles some difficult uh, subject matter. Alice, uh, it's your turn to pick next week. What are we watching? We are watching Deep Blue Sea. Josh, have you seen it? I don't think I have. Ooh. And it tackles an equally important issue, I believe, of giant sharks. Exactly. Covering the important issues here on Just Films and That. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, tune in next week for Giant Sharks, Deep Blue Sea, LL Cool J, all that. Um, we'd like to hear from you. Um, get in touch with us have you seen Stuart and Life Backwards what did you think are you going to watch it because we've talked about it maybe it's difficult to get hold of don't know if you do have a film you want to suggest then uh, do give us a little shout it's, uh, it's filmsinthatpod at gmail.com we're on twitter at films underscore that and we're on Facebook and Instagram at Films and That Pod. Please do get in touch. We would very much love to hear from you. Alice Oliver, thank you very much as ever. Thank you so much, Josh. Uh, it's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.